Get ready to be inspired and empowered through God's Word as you now listen to the teaching of Rev. Sam Chiaka. I want to share with you something very unusual. And I pray to God that you receive the revelation, the truth of God's Word from it this morning. I want to talk about Bible doctrine concerning problems and pain. Bible doctrine concerning problems and pain. Bible doctrine. What does the Bible have to say concerning troubles, concerning problems and pain? First of definitions. By problem, I'm referring to unfavorable circumstances that come to us. Unfavorable circumstances, things that happen to us that are not good, that are not nice. That's what I mean by problems. There are other words for it. You can call it suffering, challenges, uh, difficulties, and so on and so forth. By pain, I'm referring to the condition of a man's heart in response to the problem that he is experiencing. So, get my definitions clearly, because we're going to take quite some time to establish us in what is the mind of God when challenges happen to us, when problems come to us, when difficulties of life come to us. What is God's mind? I tell you, many times a lot of believers don't know. They don't know when to pray, when to rebuke. They don't know when to beg God. They don't know when to fight the devil. They don't know when it is somebody doing them. They can't tell. There is so much confusion around the problems of life and the, the reason is because believers are not taught. There is no systematic study of God's word concerning problems and pain so that the believer will know the right response. Have a correct understanding of these things. What I'm teaching today, you may not need it now. You will need it later. Because for every one of us, troubles will come. Challenges will come. Difficulties will come. Circumstances will hit you front, back, center, and everywhere. If you are not established in knowledge, you'll be perplexed. You'll fall into perplexity and confusion. Not knowing how to interpret What's going on in your life? Hence the teaching of God's word. Hallelujah. I'll take my definitions again. By problem, I'm referring to unfavorable circumstances that happen to us. By pain, I'm referring to the condition of a man's heart in response to the problem that he may experience. So they are not the same. Amen. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. It is a study. We are investigating the word of God concerning matters like this. In teaching God's word, the believer is established. The feet of the believer is strengthened. Alright? Since, you know, for instance, people don't like to talk about problems. People don't like to talk about debts. People don't like to talk about these things. Why? Because God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, you know. We don't want them. 
But the thing is that we're not telling ourselves the truth because that you don't want them doesn't mean they won't come. And by keep postponing your knowledge, the understanding of God's word regarding those things, as you keep postponing it, the day will come to you, then you'll be unprepared. Hallelujah. So I said you should open First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4 and I will be reading from verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange when thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Say, hey, 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 calm down. <laughs> it's not strange. That's the first lesson, right? Calm down. There's nothing that's going to happen in your life. There's nothing that's, that's happening to you that hasn't happened before. Relax. It's not strange. But then, verse 13, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. For if any man suffer, or rather, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, so can we agree the word suffering is used in the KJV as problem, right? So the word suffer is the same, suffering is the same as problem. Okay, verse 16, but if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory, let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what are the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their soul to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Now, if you were paying attention and reading in context, you would observe that when he said that judgment must begin in the house of God, he was talking about sufferings. Alright, if you read in context, the subject is sufferings, that is problems. Okay, this isn't talking about heaven. That aside. Now, from First Peter chapter 4, that we just read, let me point onto you three kinds of sufferings or three kinds of problems. Number one, let's call it sufferings of righteousness. Alright? Sufferings of righteousness or suffering for righteousness. It is, Peter calls it um, Christ's suffering. Look at that in verse 13. So you are partake of Christ's suffering. So there is a suffering for righteousness. Number two, suffering for unrighteousness. He spoke about that in verse 16. He said, let not none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, as an evil lure, as a busybody in other people's mouth. So there is a suffering for your wrongdoing. Then number three, before I show you number three, come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul talked about this one. And verse 13, 
Therefore, there had no temptation, sorry, excuse me. There had no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So that will take me to number three, the sufferings of the sufferings common to man. Right? So these are the three kinds of sufferings or three kinds of problems that come to us all. Number one, the sufferings of righteousness. Number two, the suffering of unrighteousness. Number three, the sufferings common to man. That means in this case, it's not because you did anything good. Sorry, it's not because you did anything bad either. But things happen to you. And here is the thing. We don't sit down to analyze the things that happen to us. What does the average Christian do when he faces challenges, tough times, difficulties? The first thing is to cry to God to remove the problem. And there's nothing wrong with that except a clause. Now, listen to me. Some deny, ignore, or pretend like the problems they have are not there. They just try to, you know, act like it's not there. On the other hand, some cry day and night. Some fall into depression and, you know, just give up. None of these is really the answer. Why will problems come to you? Number one, because you live in an imperfect world. Nothing is perfect here. Until you get to heaven, problems will come. Challenges will come. Tests and trials, difficulties will come. They will come. They will come. The one that humans cause you, the one that circumstances cause you, these things will come. But it is not enough to deny them. It is not enough to ignore them. It is not enough to cry day and night as and ask, uh, why, why, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? What do I deserve this and all that? And it is not enough also to pray every, you know, to just wish that these things will go away and pray that it will go away. The prayer that it will go away is part of the prayer. You should pray, of course. Of course, of course. Don't get me wrong. However, you must understand that before you pray, God, take this thing away from me. Because if that thing goes away, you waste the problem. And what is called waste of problem. You have wasted the circumstance. There is a right utilization of challenges and problems and difficulties that come to you. Okay, so before you ask that God takes away the problem, ask why. Ask why. Why did he come? No, no, no. I don't mean ask why like in a wailing manner like a lot of people do. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? They are just saying that, but they are not waiting for the answer. So ask why. Because when you start asking why, you are beginning to take the first step of progress. Because in your asking why, you begin to find out what kind of trouble is this of righteousness or of unrighteousness? Or is it that which is common to man? 
For instance, there are problems that will come to you because you are married. It's problems of married people. You know, Paul wrote about it in 1 Corinthians 7. He said, I wish that none of I, I wish that you were like myself, single. Alright, then he said, because there are problems associated with being married. But I wanted to spare you that. Alright? Just by being married, not that you did anything bad or good, just by being married, there are problems of married people. And you get ready for your share. I you get what I'm saying. Whether it's from in law, in laws, wife or husband, from children, from absence of children. Whatever, whatever, whatever the case is, financial, whatever, you will have problems that are tailor-made for married people because you are married. You, there are problems of students that if you are not a student, you don't have that problem. You will have the problem because you are a student. And that's part of the package. There are problems for being a Christian, alright? For being a minister. You get it? It's part of the package. And they will come. There are problems of being a leader. Loneliness. Being misunderstood. There are problems for being a husband. There are problems for being a mother. They will come. Get used to it. Get ready for them. It's part of the package. So the first thing you do is to ask why. But every problem that comes. Come attached. With a lesson of course. Again, if you do not learn the lessons from your problems, you have wasted those problems. Why are they coming to you? Because they are necessary for your spiritual development and your perfection in Christ. They are necessary. They are part and parcel of what, what is needed to build the, you know, the spiritual stamina in you. First Corinthians, sorry, First Peter chapter 1. First Peter again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Manifold means many-sided, many kinds of temptations. Why? That the trial of your faith, so the problems, the temptations come for this reason that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, may be tried with fire, might be found on the praise and honor and glory of the appearing of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? He says the temptations came as a trial of your faith. In other words, all troubles come tailor-made because they are necessary for development of certain virtue in you. So, we'll put it like this. All problems are either preservative, corrective, or developmental. They are either preservative, corrective, or developmental for every child of God. What do you mean corrective? It's either there is something in you it needs to remove something in you that needs to go. Something you are doing. The problems are coming as a response that, hey, that is not how to do it. Let's look at your body, for instance. If you put your hand in, in 
fire, for instance. What happens to you? It burns. Now, why do you know it is burning? Because you have nerves. You have senses, right? If you did not have those senses, it will still burn until it is destroyed, but you will not know. Therefore, the pain you are experiencing is actually a teacher. It is telling you, take your hands off, because if you don't, you will lose your arm. It is teaching you to take it off so that it will not burn. So you may experience some hurts, but that hurt is better than if you did not have the senses and be burnt up completely. Praise the Lord. What happens when you learn from that pain you learn not to put your hand on fire again. There's some children who didn't learn by words. They learned by experience. Put your hand in fire burns. So that is corrective. Praise the Lord. Sometimes problems come as a means of development of a certain character or certain stamina that you will need to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Just like a man who goes to the gym and he pushes weight. Alright? Now what he's facing will be painful. It will be tough. It will be difficult. But that is only for a time. After a while, the pain, if he will persist, will develop the necessary muscle to overcome that weight. It stops being that heavy for him. It stops causing his body pain. Because he has developed sufficient muscle to be. So that is how things work. Problems are good. In a nutshell. Hey, hallelujah. James chapter 1. Problems are good. They are good for you. I don't know whether your mother has ever given you a go. Bitter herbs. You don't want it. And the mother says, it is good for your body. You need it. Certain troubles, you need. You need them. You need them either to correct certain excesses or you need them to develop certain spiritual stamina that you will need later on. Or you need it. And your father know the things that you need. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now, does God send you problems in order to teach you a lesson? No. That is this thing being stretched too far. God doesn't send you problems to teach you a lesson. That's not what I said. I didn't say God sent you problems to teach you a lesson. However, you need to understand how life was designed. It, life is designed that every water we find its level. Every man will draw into his life or will attract that which is necessary for his progress. You will draw of necessity. You will draw into your life whatever is necessary for your advancement in spirituals. As a child of God, you must never despair when challenges come to you. Everything is your teacher. You must never despair 
when you face tough time. Count it all joy. James chapter 1. Count it all joy. All. Not some problems. All. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. To the child of God, problems don't come for the same purpose they come for those who are not children of God. For the child of God, problems come that you may be better, not that you may be destroyed. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Why? It doesn't make sense, right, to tell you to be happy when you fall into diverse temptations and tests. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for the word of God to tell you that rejoice things things are you know when things are bad rejoice it doesn't make sense but that is the position of scripture you will never find any scripture that tells you to fear to cower to despair to give up because of the challenges you are going through you never find one you will not find one not one the very thing your emotion is telling you to do in difficult times the bible tells you the exact opposite Count it all, John. Hello, hello, wake up. Your emotions are carrying you away. Hey, 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 hey. You're losing it. It's going to work for your good. Watch this. He says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this. So there is a knowledge that should keep you stable. And what is this knowledge? That the trying of your faith work at patience. The trials you are experiencing has a purpose to produce patience in you. The word patience is referred to virtue. So this is developmental. There is a, there is a character, perhaps a character, not that you did something bad. That one is corrective. But there is perhaps, there is a deficiency. This trouble, is expected to develop in you. Hallelujah. That's how it works. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith is to produce patience. He goes to verse 4, but allow patience to finish its work. Allow patience to be perfected in you. But let patience have a perfect work. That he may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So God is more interested in building character in you than quickly delivering you out of any problem you face. God is more interested. It's like a mother or a father, a, a wise father, should be more interested in the knowledge of the child than quickly promoting them to classes. Do you understand? You, I mean, your child is in primary three. He's struggling. The teacher said, this child is struggling. I think it is wise for this child to repeat this class. You say, no, never, never, never. My child can never repeat class. No, 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 no. So you forcefully make the child move to the next class, unprepared. Or you even have an opportunity to move the child to another class. It's not only primary three. You move the child to primary five. In your mind, you are thinking, ah. Two years of less school fees removed. What you didn't know is that, see, that's only one year that child missed. One year, one year. After they are finished school, who remembers which year? Do you understand what I'm saying? 
who remembers with what concerns us with which year you finish school? But you were in a hurry. You didn't let the child master that stage to move to the next class. You saw repeating class as your enemy, fighting your progress. You have missed the point. You know that's what we do in life. We want to rush through life. We want to we want to get everything we want, but we don't want to face trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith is to produce patience and allow patience to have its perfect work, so that when it is done, you will be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. God is more interested in making you a better person than you just enjoying life. You will enjoy life later. Do you know how to handle your fears? God has to teach you. With the trials and difficulties you experience, you will learn how to face things you didn't know how to face before. He's taking you somewhere. How do you react under certain conditions? You need to learn. Because if you are promoted too soon, you know the higher you rise, if you fall at a certain level, the greater the damage. Better learn how to fall at a low level. So that when you go higher, you have mastered how not to fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you fall then, it will the impact will be terrible. Learn it early. We are too in a hurry to jump classes. What manner of school is it that you go to and you don't have tests? You don't have exams? Church is the school of life where we teach you by doctrine. But when you go out there in life, you will be tested. Whether the things you learned are really true. Whether you have mastered them. Because whatever you did not learn by teaching, you will learn by experience. Experiences of life will come to tests whether you truly know what you were taught. The same way tests and exams will come to tests whether you have truly learned the lessons you were taught in class. Embrace them. Embrace them. If anybody tells you that coming to Christ is a life of freedom from troubles, freedom from difficulties, you had a wrong teaching. So, I said, when troubles come, you ask yourself, why? Think through it. What is this? What is this? What is this? And be humble to accept your findings. Do you know the truth? The truth of the matter is nobody will ever know the real circumstance of your trouble. Nobody will ever know. It is you and God that will know. You will know whether it is something about you. Everybody else is speculating. You will know whether it is a trial that is coming. In order to develop certain spiritual muscles in you. And that's how the kingdom of God works. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 1, sorry. Tells us about God. He says in verse 4. Second Corinthians chapter 1. Maybe we should take it from verse 3. Blessed be God. First Corinthians 1. Sorry, Second Corinthians 1. Verse 3. Blessed be God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Father of mercies. The God of all comforts. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. 
that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounded by Christ. Verse 6. And whether we be afflicted, it is your consolation and salvation. That means, even if we are afflicted, we will learn something enough that will be able to teach you so that if you will listen to us, you will not have to go through it. It is for your consolation and salvation. Salvation there means deliverance, safety. It is for your consolation and deliverance so that you don't have to experience what we experienced. All right? Verse 6, when I will be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is a person in the enjoyment of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, you shall also be of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, that is, above our strength, in so much that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Sometimes troubles come to teach you not to trust in yourself. Did, did you get it? So that's the point. You may have fallen into pride and trusting in yourself. I mean, I can do it. I, I don't need help. I mean, you may not be saying that, but somewhere in your mind, you have settled in the fact that you are self-sufficient. The trouble comes to show you that you are a man. And no matter how high you've gone, you need God. You need God. Sometimes troubles come to help you not to trust in man. Sometimes it is a trust in self. Not like you did anything wrong. A condition of your mind. Trusting in self. And every one of us will need this reminder. Troubles are good. Trouble will push you to rely not on yourself, but on God. Then troubles will push you not to rely in men. Because there comes a time in your life, there come certain people in your life you trust in so much. You literally put your trust in them. And God has to teach you. You got to look to me, not to any man. Some people have their trust in their uncle. Ah, no, Allah, no, Allah. When the time comes, my uncle will settle the matter. My uncle will settle the matter. My uncle will pay for it. My uncle will pay for it. Eh? You are not learning. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. And then your uncle, pam, is not there. And then you now, you, you, you wake up to the reality to learn to put your trust in God and not in man. Troubles are good. Troubles are good. Hallelujah. Troubles are good. Thank you, Jesus. So that is how the believer is to embrace challenges. All are necessary for your progress. It can be financial. It can be circumstantial. Whatever the case is, we must learn to put our trust in the Lord. Glory to God. In 
In Romans chapter 5, the Bible tells us something. Romans chapter 5, in verse 1, it says, Therefore, that's we have to clarify this. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, you start from knowing that this is not about you being condemned by God. You are justified by faith. All right? You have peace with God. God is not um, angry at you. Yeah, that one, that we already, that's, that's, that's um, class one. We have already settled that in class one. So troubles are not about God's disposition towards you. It's not about God's feeling towards you. It's not about God is angry, God is sad, God is... No, 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 no. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Troubles are conditions in the earth. It is not about how God feels about you. You must already establish yourself in the grace of Jesus Christ that you are loved of God no matter what you face. You are accepted in the beloved no matter what you experience. So this must never, never, what you experience, what you go through in life must never be a question about how God sees you or whether you are accepted of God. Vasu, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This thing is about grace. We do what we do in the house of God, not because we are perfect in the sense that there is no blemish in anything, you know, in our, we don't have mistakes and we don't have our errors. We stand by grace. Are you sure what I'm telling you? We all stand by grace. No man can stand before God and boast in his goodness and that's why God is using him. No, don't deceive yourself. When we say some of these things, some people are amazed at it. Go and read your Bible. The Bible tells us that Samson will shake himself and the power of God will come upon him and he will do mighty feats. Samson one time went with a prostitute and was with a prostitute and then they heard, they said, hey, the Philistines are upon you. He got up and shook himself and again he felt the same thing and he broke through and came out. That is a big, he broke through walls and came out. The same power came on him. That is a picture that we stand by grace. The Bible talks about Rahab. As at the time the Israelites came to him, she was not ex-prostitute. So you know, you know that's not ex-prostitute. If she was ex-prostitute, the story would not be there. She would not be called a prostitute. Because the Bible doesn't call you by your past. She was a prostitute. But was saved by faith in the God of the Jews. You need to open your eyes clearly and look at the scriptures. The Bible was very clear. Calling um, Noah a righteous man. A righteous man drank close to Paul. He got drunk that he was naked. You know, maybe that picture has not appeared in your mind. Noah was so drunk, he was naked. The man was lonely. Think about it. You live in the whole world. Everybody is everybody else is dead. Only you and your family. Everybody is lonely. You think it's easy to handle? Well, you don't have people to talk to. And it's not like God was coming to him every day and they were having conversations. No. Some of these things you read in the Bible, this is once in a while. Sometimes, when you look at the story of, of Abraham and God spoke, sometimes the gap between when God spoke and next time God spoke was like 20 years. You think this thing is just like every day, you're not hearing God's voice every day? Uh-huh. What was he doing in between? The man got drunk to stupor. One of his sons saw him and was laughing. 
went to call his, his other brother. That one came and turned his back and, and, they, and they covered him. When he awoke from his drunkenness, what does he do? What's the big deal in that your son saw you, saw you naked? Your son. Who will bury you? What's the big deal? Well, Baba will not take it. So he saw my nakedness. And he cursed him for seeing his nakedness. Yet the Bible calls him a righteous man. Think about Lot. The Bible calls Lot a righteous man. Lot was a man who impregnated his daughter. In fact, two of his daughters. Listen, every man is justified by faith in Christ Jesus. Salvation is by faith. For by the works, by your works, by works, uh, shall no man prevail. No man can stand before God and say, I was, I'm, I'm good enough. And that's why I deserve all accepted on the platform of grace. Are you listening to me? All accepted by grace. Therefore, no man has another, no man has a right to condemn another man because he himself who condemns that other man stands only by grace. That's why I don't even contribute when I hear, ah, they say this man of God did this. Can you imagine? I don't talk. I don't talk. I don't talk. I don't talk. I, don't talk. I too stand by grace. We all stand by grace. Glory to God. That is established. Amen. But then he goes, look, look at it in verse 2 again. Come on. Romans 5. But whom we also, we also have access by faith into this grace where we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Can you say that? We rejoice in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. That means hope God will not fail you. Glory to God. I say your problems are good. They are, are teaching you. Of course, you will be a dullard in the school of life's experience if you don't know the word of God. Because only then will you be getting the lesson that, that life is throwing at you only when you have the knowledge of the word. For without the knowledge of the word, you will, be, you will still be at a loss. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you cannot... So, Choose not to be a dullard or disobedient child in the school of experience. Learn. When you see a man fall from a height of glory into shame, don't laugh. Learn. If you see something terrible happen to another man, don't mock him. Learn. For you too are not. You. You are not free from the temptations that brought him down. Don't laugh. Learn. If you are laughing, to laugh means you are not learning. You are still a dullard in the school of life. To consider and to learn is to grow in experience because you too want to check how did this happen so that you don't go the same way. The Bible talks about Elijah. He said Elijah was a man of like passions as we all are. Listen, let me tell you something. We are all of the same like passions. Whatever you see another man do, you are also capable of doing. The mistakes you see another man make, you are also capable of making the same mistake if you don't watch yourself. If you don't learn, if you don't get better. Only fools mock others. 
because they think they are free from the same temptations that got the other person. Such are fools. None. Only fools condemn other men because they think they are higher or they live better than other people. You learn. Elijah was a man of like passions as we all are. Have you seen the most terrible and the vilest man who are capable of the things he does? Have you seen a pious and a man of excellent character and integrity? You two are capable of it. It depends on what you will meditate on. It depends. It is easy to look at another man and to analyze his shortcomings. Analyze your own. Leave other men alone. You are not called to be an examiner of other people's life. Because troubles will come to teach you what you refuse to learn by the knowledge of the word of God. Anyhow, you will learn. The word way or the hard way. I hope you know the difference. You will learn. The word way or the hard way. The hard way is when life has to give you blows. Blows of life. As a result of your own ignorance and stupidity. The Bible tells us. When your enemy hungers. He said, feed him. When he's thirsty. Give him water to, to, to drink. Not. man. I tell you. No, 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 no. He says, for by so doing. You heap coals of fire upon his head. Nobody says, eh. That's wahala trouble on top of him. So you don't prepare food, say, Father, as I'm giving him, I, I know this person is not, is not my friend, my enemy. Father, as I'm giving him all my problems. You know, some people do that when, even when they're giving offering in church. It's time for offering, they take the offering. I don't know that. Is he a charm? Father, 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 all my problems. As I put it in the offering bag, I put on my problem there. No, you're not putting your problem in the offering bag. Father, Father, as they carry the offering away, they carry my problem away. No, not ushers here. Just give. Just give. The Bible wasn't saying that you have to heap problems on their head. It's a cause of fire. What is cause of fire? It's a figure of speech. It means a condition of being sorry. You understand what I'm saying? A condition where you will regret your own evil. That's the call of fire. He's telling you, do them good. So that he's, ah, ah, I keep doing this person bad. He keeps doing me good. He said, do it enough until they feel the weight. He said, don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. Listen, because every man will still face the consequences of his own deeds. When you do, Wrong to another man because you think he deserves the wrong and you're the one doing him wrong. You are the one that did the wrong. And for the wrong you have done, every man shall reap what he has sown. This is not about salvation, though. What he has sown. Let's learn. Let's learn. And this is just part one. It's a teaching and breaking down to different segments. Because we're going to discuss the different aspects of troubles. But please get this first. That three kinds of troubles. Or problems. Or sufferings. Number one is what? Sufferings of righteousness. Number two, suffering of unrighteousness. And number three, sufferings common to man. So, how would you, generally speaking, define a suffering of righteousness? 
It is suffering from doing that which is right. Suffering for doing that which is right. E.g. preaching the gospel. Suffering for doing that which is right. Okay? It's because you did something right. That's where everything is scattered. Then there's another one. Suffering for unrighteousness. That is suffering because of what? Because of something bad you did. And what's the third one? The sufferings common to man. That one is not because of anything bad or good you did. But it is coming that it may develop certain virtues in you. It's not because you have done bad or good. But the problem is coming to develop. It is to strengthen certain muscles in you. Glory to God. I read in um, one of um, Ken Higgins' book of Blessed Memory how he gave an example of a certain man whose shoulder was bent. The guy was badly slouched. And so he went to the doctor because, and then they saw that it's some muscles that were not well developed. So the body could not carry certain, certain correct posture. And the doctor sent him to the gym to do a particular kind of exercise in order to develop that muscle so that he can have the energy to stand straight. And that's how life is. Sometimes you face sufferings common to man. They come that you may learn. They keep testing. They keep stretching. They keep exercising. Now hear, hear this. What happens to your muscles when you stop exercising them? They grow weak and you lose the strength in them. Therefore, that is why certain troubles we come certain kind of troubles. That's why man's life is never free from trouble. Because troubles common to man will keep coming. Because after a while, you will lose certain and they will come to get you back in shape. In all these things, the man of God must not despair. But whatever comes is for your promotion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The man of God must not grow weak. He must not become bitter. You must not take it personal. When people treat you bad. No, don't take it personal. Because you are looking at them. Stop looking at them. Start looking at you. Alright? What you've got to learn from that situation. What Moses, alright, in your character, you need to learn, you need to build from that. Just like I said, sometimes you will have such things because you are being taught. Not to rely on yourself or not to rely in man. No matter who the man is, even if it's your father or your mother. Praise the Lord. That your confidence be in the Lord your God. That you stand strong in Him. Amen? So as we continue in teaching this series, I'm going to show you what should be your response. Okay? As we get specific in the sufferings of righteousness. In the sufferings of unrighteousness. And the sufferings, you know, um, common to man. Hallelujah. Now, in this series, feel free to ask questions because um, I don't want you to run, run off what I didn't say. Alright? What we did not say. What we didn't teach you. Alright? We are first established. Not all troubles mean that something is wrong with you. Again, sometimes they just mean for you to be better. Not that something was wrong before, but so that you will be better. Alright? So you learn. Whatever the case is, troubles are good for a child of God. Do you know that it has been proven and shown that the greatest, the greatest detect to the spiritual progress 
the, a greater deterrent to the spiritual progress of man has been prosperity more than poverty. Prosperity has proven to be some people's worst enemy to be better as a person than poverty. Now, I don't mean poverty doesn't have its own rule. Some people are worse because of their poverty. But prosperity has proven to have more as spoiled more people than poverty has spoiled people as far as their character is concerned. And remember what I said. God is more interested in you than what you have. He's more interested in, 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 let me use the word, cooking you so that you may be entire, lacking nothing. That you may be, he may train you to become that person he wants you to be. That you may fulfill his purpose for your life. It is better. How you handle challenges, how you handle difficulties, show what you have learned, what is inside you. They show. And if you don't learn correctly, what, what happens when you don't learn in your class? And you fail. And when you fail, what happens? You repeat. Some people will keep repeating class because they have not still learned what that condition is trying to teach them that can be seen in the Word of God. They keep repeating class and they keep going in service. And we all don't face the same test. If you have ever written jam, they say type A, type different types. Alright, so somebody else is by your side, you may be writing the same subject or course, but you don't have the same type. Your number one is not your number one. That is how life is. We all have different types. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so somebody can be facing a problem that has to do with something else, another is facing something else, and if you have not reached that, if you have not answered that person's questions, you may not understand what person is experiencing. Don't give an opinion. People are quick to talk. He's suffering for his wickedness. Eh. How do you know? No, it's only Baba. See, we are teaching you this not so that you become judgmental of others. We teach you this that you may be. Look at yourself. Don't look at other people. Live other people's life. That you learn to mind your business. You may learn to mind your business. You learn to be quiet. You mind your business. Stop looking at other people's life and trying to. Check what is the reason why they are going to what they are going to. You don't know, sir. You can't know. Everything you are seeing may be speculation. You don't know. Mind your business. What you are being taught is so that you can look at your own life, not other people's life. Glory to God. Therefore, count it all joy. Glory to God. Count it all joy. When the devil throws challenges and difficulties at you, brother, what should you do? Count it all joy. Sister, what should you do? Count it all joy. La shakata. Somebody might say, well, what am I learning from this situation? The problem is not your teacher. The word of God is your teacher. But the problem is calling your attention that something in the word of God you are missing. Learn it. Learn it. Learn it. This message was brought to you by the Father's Family Mission International. For more information on our ministry schedule, how you can partner with us, or to download more edifying messages free of charge, visit www.thefathersfamily.org.ng. God, God bless, bless you. you.